Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you as always is Tyler. Tyler, it's getting close to the holidays. It's that time of year. It's festive. It's fun. We're losing games for some reason. But I am all in, man. I'm ready to have a great show today. And we've got a lot to cover, including the University of Kentucky versus Notre Dame basketball game. We're going to talk about sheriffs punching uh, young girls. And we're going to talk about, in the third segment, our favorite Christmas movies of all time. Tyler, it's jam-packed. It is. This is episode 77 of the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast. I'm calling this the Sweden edition. Sweden. Because... Sweden? Sweden? (laughs) Sweden. Little little known fact, Brandon. Uh Uh, During World War II, when the Swedish were trying to determine what nationality people were who were coming into Sweden, Uh they would ask them to say the number 77. (laughs) No way. Because apparently... People from Sweden, their accent really, I guess, is uh, uh, enunciated really heavily when they so, say so what the number it? 77. How do they say it? I, I have no idea. Oh. But I just read about it when I was researching the number 77. If you were Swedish, how would you say it, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it right now. I'm, 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 I'm good on that one. Zvevedi. Zvevedi. You would have probably been jailed immediately. Zvevedi. I don't think you would have passed. I sound like David Lee Roth. That's what I sound like. It is kind of interesting. It got me kind of thinking, you know, being from Eastern Kentucky ourselves, you know, there are certain words that really bring out the accent. Yeah. Our Eastern Kentucky yep. accent, basically anything with the short "i" sound, it's a killer. It's a killer. It's like our new. It's like our kryptonite. It is. <laughs> so, like, if you have to go to Ohio, like, I really have to stop and think. Okay, Ohio. It's not Ohio. Yeah. Or Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You got to cut it short. As, as most of our people say, Ohio is too long. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but yeah, those, those short eye sounds like that—that's the dead giveaway. Whether you're an Eastern Kentuckian or not, the dead giveaway to me is if if I say, "Hey, have you ever been to Pikeville?" and somebody says Pikeville, <laughs> if they pronounce both the "i" and the "ville" very clearly, it's not right. It's yeah. Pikeville. It's vo- It's a vol. There's a U and an H in there. <laughs> yeah. It's like a German uh, translation, <laughs> Pikeville, yeah. or something like that. I don't know, uh, but pretty. Pretty interesting stuff, Todd. I feel like I've had a good history lesson here. Well, that's what we're here. We're here to educate as well as entertain on Lex Buds and Pick and Roll. Well, and let's that's be honest, Todd. This, this has been a rough few days for Kentucky, right? I mean, we had the tornadoes that pretty much demolished some of these small towns. I, I'm sure you've seen the footage. I think everybody's probably seen it, even if you don't live in Kentucky. It is crazy to think about. Something just coming through like everything's normal one day. You're getting psyched for the basketball game, you know, against Notre Dame. You think, okay, I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to have some friends over. Going to watch the game, and son of a gun, I mean, it leveled these places. It was unreal. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in the show, but I wanted to mention it up front because, good lord, man, it's crazy. Yep, it's it's a tough time for uh, for all Kentuckians right now. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk about the basketball game, which, in the grand scheme of things, wasn't. You know, made us realize it wasn't all that important, but just just a bad bad weekend overall. Yeah, and I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned it up front to let people know we are going to talk about it for sure. Uh, we always start our first segment with sports, but we are definitely going to be covering the, you know the tornado um, devastation coverage as well. But 
before we get into that, Tyler, we got to keep a routine on the show. People need routines, just like our kids. They need routines. They do better structure. in routines. Yes. Our structure is: I always ask you how your week's gone, Tyler. Tell me about Tyler Bentley's week since episode seventy-six. Um. Well, so Saturday night, while the game was on, me and the family, the kids, my mother-in-law, we were in the car on our way to Louisville to the Yum Center. Not for basketball, uh-huh. but for the Pentatonics concert. Pentatonics. Are you familiar with Pentatonics? They were an '80s progressive band, I think. Right? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, they may have been around, and they've been around a long time, evidently. Oh. Uh, I mean, I really had no idea what I was going to. Uh, <laughs> a a few went. hours before, I'm like, "Who is Pentatonics, honey? Like, are they? Are, are at first, like, I was kind of thinking they were like the." Uh, what's the band that the Trans Siberian Orchestra? Oh, where, yeah, where yeah. they don't really sing; they just play music the whole time. Yeah, that's like, pretty is that them? Good show. And, and my wife is actually like, "No, it's the opposite. They only sing. There's no instruments. It's mm. it's an, like an acapella group. So they are the anti Trans Siberian. Exactly. Mm. So it 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 was really amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, because the the thing you know, the, you, I'm sure you've seen the people who do the beatboxing. Mm-hmm. And you know they can make the. Oh, and, can you do that one more time? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but you know they, they do all the you know the percussion just just with their mouth and and just how they make the sounds. It's it's amazing. I, I was thoroughly impressed just at the ability for a a human mouth to be able to make such sounds. Yeah, it is kind of crazy when you see it. I mean, and then when you put it all together with everybody else in the group, I would imagine you're just like, wait a minute, because it it layers on itself, right? Kind of is from what I've seen before. Oh yeah, it totally does. And I, I was not expecting the place was sold out. Hmm. It was packed. Really? I mean, they, they, it was at the Yum Center, so they, they didn't have the upper arena seats. They had that blocked off. But the entire floor wow. and the entire lower level was full. That's a lot of seats. I did not realize there were so many Pentatonics wow. fans in the Bluegrass. I didn't know they existed. Well, now, now you know. I was I, thinking of the Eurythmics. <laughs> the Eurythmics. <laughs> Sweet, Sweet dreams. dreams are... No, okay, so you did not go see them. This was Pentatonics. Yeah, they, oh. they had a, a great rendition of uh, My Favorite Things. These are a few of my favorite. Yeah. Oh, that's Rain, raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. That's great. Brown paper package is tied up in strings. These are a few of my favorite, favorite things. <laughs> Keep going, Ty. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the beatbox and you do the things. We'll re, we'll reenact the whole pentatonics thing right now. Yeah, well, or or we could just do a, you know, a, a Kentucky basketball version. Yeah, we could. Like Final four banners and championship rings. These are a few of my favorite things. See, that was good. People thought they were at pentatonics just now. Yeah. For those of you that didn't know, that wasn't us playing instruments. That was just us singing and doing a baseline drum beat. That's it. I think we. I think we may have just formed our our acapella group. Right? Yeah. Here. That sounds. That we sounds just like need a couple time. more people to join. Yeah, we do. But yeah, it was cool. So is that the Yum Center? Uh, you know, so I, I was all excited to get there. I had my Kentucky basketball shirt on. Yeah. I was ready to walk around in front of all the Louisville fans. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, you all lost to DePaul last night. What a joke. We're getting ready to spank Notre Dame. And as we will talk about shortly, it did not turn out so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, how, how was your week, sir? What was going on in the Boyd household? You know, it was a very uh, good week. Excuse me. I just had a Coke like right before we went on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, okay. So yeah, uh, good week, solid week. Uh, today did not go as planned. I thought I had all this extra time on my hands today. And my son comes up. He's in fifth grade. He comes up to me. This is, uh, you know, it's Sunday night. We're recording this, right? School's tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. 
He says, uh, Dad, my writing prompt, uh, I have to tell three reasons why I'm a good citizen. I was like, well, that's great. Okay, that, like, that are, doesn't sound so bad. You know, three reasons. We can knock that out pretty quick. What are your quick. three reasons? Okay. okay. And he's like, hey, you know, I have to come up with a brainstorm, and then I have to do a rough draft and final draft. I was like, oh, cool. That sounds good. I said, when's that due, and I'll help you out with it. He said, tomorrow. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, this was final two, draft. This was two it. hours ago. <laughs> All right? Two or three hours ago. So now we have to not only brainstorm... But we have to do a rough draft, have him do it all himself. I, I wasn't going to help him. I, I put him all, all on him. I said, look, you should have told me about this earlier. You're going to do it. I'm not going to write it for you. Go do it. And, you know, you can ask me a question every now and then, but that's it. Lo and behold, the paper turned out really well. Uh, how about that? So uh, how, how does it feel to be reaping what you sowed when you did this very same thing when you were in uh, elementary and middle school. Tyler, I don't know what you're talking about, number one, because <laughs> I definitely... Did, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I used to... I, at, at school at UK, in business school, if I had a test that day, I would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and study for three hours and take the test. That's it. I knew how long it took me to write a three-page paper. I had so many three-page papers, do I could crank one out in an hour. Oh, three-page paper? I could do that in my sleep. Oh, yeah. That was nothing. So I got to the point where I was like, okay, this paper's due in two hours. I should probably start on it in probably 30 <laughs> minutes or something, then I'll take it into class. But that's what I did. I had a good schedule. I would study early in the morning. I would type out my papers uh, you know, an hour and a half before they were due. But I think the pressure helps because it, it makes sure you don't waste time. Whereas if I had done it two days earlier, I would have sat around, typed on the paper, maybe watched TV while I was doing it, and just wasted a bunch of time. For me, that that's efficient. I got a lot done. I had the pressure on me, and that's when I'm at my best. Okay. That's what I tell myself. Uh, I'm sure that's what your son is saying, too, when you, I'm, you, know, when you got angry about him waiting until the last minute. Like, no, he doesn't listen to this podcast, I'm, I'm and hopefully he's trying does. to do what you do, Dad. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, you know another kind of failure for me today, I got up, I was like, I'm going to work out today. I'm going to try to cut back on my calories and stuff today. Next thing I know... <laughs> As you're drinking a, a large Coke over here, Cherry Coke. Thanks okay. for pointing that out to our audience, Tyler. <laughs> but uh, I kind of failed because I found this uh, delivery service, or, or DoorDash and Uber Eats, that has Mr. Beast burgers. Now, do you know who Mr. Beast is? Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast is the I've most never, popular YouTuber on the planet. Never heard of him. Hundreds of millions of subscribers. So he's pretty good. Yeah. He, he's, what does he do? Tyler, he does the he, it's the weirdest thing. I can't even explain it to you, but he does a lot of charitable things. Like he'll just go up to somebody and say, "Here's fifty thousand dollars," or "Here, I'm going to go buy this entire store's worth of toys and give them away right now." Okay. It's just a dude. He's like twenty five years old. Okay, from North Carolina. All right, and he's got this massive following on YouTube. I mean, absolutely huge. But he's got his own burger places. It's really strange. And there's a Mr. Beast delivery place in Nicholasville that delivered to our house today. And you would have thought our kids had just struck gold. <laughs> They were outside playing. I said, do you guys want Mr. Beast Burgers? And they both gasped. We went, <gasps> what? Mr. Beast Burgers? I was like, yeah, Mr. Beast Burgers, for real. They're like, you're joking. No. I mean, their eyes lit up like Christmas morning time. And, you know, I had to get a burger with them. So now not only did I not work out, but I also ate like crap and ate Mr. Beast Burgers and fries. So is it, I guess this place just open, I'm assuming? Well, it's it's really interesting the way he does it. It adds on to existing businesses as like a Mr. Beast burger that you can add on to an existing business. Ah, so he doesn't have his own brick-and-mortar places. He just adds on to places that are already in business. Okay. Yeah. So, so it'd be like you just went to Chick-fil-A and, you know, yep. like, hey, would you like a Mr. Beast burger with your that chicken That is correct. Biscuit? That is correct. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he doesn't have employees. It's either delivery or pickup. There's no, like, sit-down Mr. Beast restaurant. It's all like, hey, add on a Mr. Beast thing. Interesting. It is weird, man. Was it good? 
It was freaking awesome. <laughs> yes. It had a ton of cheese, a ton of fat, and it was good. So I really accomplished nothing in terms of my health and fitness today. And that sounds, That's what I'm trying sounds to say. Sounds right up my alley. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, Brandon, I say we go ahead and get into the mess that was the basketball game Saturday night, if if you're ready. <sighs> Let me take, <laughs> take a deep breath. Okay, go ahead. Goose Raba. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Saturday night, the Cates traveled to South Bend, Indiana, to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The Cats were ranked number ten, going against the three and four Irish. We were favored to win the game. We pretty much led for most of the game. You know, maintained about a four point lead through most of the first and second half, and then just the last five minutes or so of the second half, things just completely collapse. Notre Dame wins 66 to 62. A very very disappointing game, I think uh to say the least. That would be a nice way to put it, Tyler. You're being very nice today. <laughs> That's very good. But let's let's talk about just first the 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 game itself and then maybe after that talk about maybe some big picture um how we see this playing in and, and concerns we have long term. I don't I don't know that I can hold back that long, Tyler, to be honest with you, cuz I'm really pissed off, man. It really pisses me off. All right? Let me tell you something. This was supposed to be the Calipari Revenge Tour. Calipari, before the season starts, all swaggy. (laughs) Glad you got your shots in last year, because this year we are coming for you. Well, yeah, they're coming for us. They're coming for seven teams that are ranked near the bottom of the NCAA. Seven scrub teams, all right? The Calipari Revenge Tour has turned into the Calipari, hey, I owe that guy a favor tour. All right, so we played Calipari's ball boy. We played Tony Barbie, who Cal, Cal's loyalty to Barbie killed us in recruiting for a number of years. Anyway, we played against Sean Woods' team, which is fine. That's a UK legacy, but that should be the only one that we do like that, to be honest with you. And then we just schedule, you know, again against the ball boy, against the guy that cuts his hair, the guy, his Terminex guy, his, uh, you know, the guy that does his lawn care. I don't know. Who the hell are we playing? We don't even know. I can't even name the teams that we played. It's absolutely ridiculous. If Cal owes you a favor, he'll put you on the schedule. You know, if he owes you money or something like that, hey, uh, put it on my tab. Oh, wait, I'll just schedule a game for you. How about that? It's ridiculous. He'll probably start scheduling games against the local YMCAs if he owes that guy a favor. I mean, it's stupid. The loyalty has got to stop. I know that sounds stupid, but his loyalty to certain coaches on the staff is what got us behind for the last three or four years, which is why we're in the hole to begin with. When he first got here, he was very cutthroat. We're going to win. We're putting up banners, and that was fantastic. Now it's, okay, who do I like the best? All right, I'm old man Cal. Now, he's not swaggy Cal. He's baggy Cal now. I mean, he, he, you know, he's got the bags under the eyes. He's carrying a little bit of weight around his hips. He's baggy Cal. No more swaggy Cal. And this is what we get. A guy that's loyal to a fault, that will do it at the expense of the fans, give us a crappy home schedule, play teams that have no business playing in Rupp Arena, do not get us prepared to play games like Notre Dame. The reason we lost the game is because we just played seven teams against teams that were better than some middle schools in Lexington. And that's it. So you want to talk about preparation for games? Obviously what we're doing is not working. We're getting our asses kicked, to be honest with you. It's embarrassing. There's no offense whatsoever. We don't really have the players that we thought we were going to have. We got Oscar Shibway, thank God. Otherwise, we would be in big, big trouble. <laughs> and if we're not hitting shots, it's over. We don't have a dynamic player until Shaden Sharp comes in in January and gets in the starting rotation and plays 40 minutes. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> All right, I love you. You've already got Shaden Sharp penciled in. Um, as, 
as far as this game, because I, I do have some concerns long term, but just looking at this game, you know, go, going into it, I could I couldn't really say that I would have been surprised if we had lost because let, let's be honest, college basketball, it is hard to win on the road. Hey, we just saw number one ranked Purdue get beat at Rutgers. I mean, you see it every week. Good teams lose on the road. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is this team's, it's their first true road game. Like you said, they've just played seven cupcakes in a row. They're probably going to come out a little flat. So in, in my mind, I wasn't going to be shocked if we lost. So I'm not in itself disappointed that we lost. I'm more disappointed in the way that we lost. Okay, explain, please. I, I got to hear this. Okay, so the just the lack of focus on the defensive end. How many backdoor cuts did Notre Dame just catch a standing flat foot? I mean, that inbounds play with Severe Wheeler, my goodness. That's their offense. That was horrible. Was. I mean, the, he had no clue where his man even was. Like, how does that happen? You are an all-SEC caliber point guard. Preseason SEC player of the year. And you just have no <laughs> clue what is happening. Yeah. And I, I will give Cal credit. He took Wheeler out and didn't put him back in. Great. I mean, because he, he couldn't play in that game. And I think Notre Dame did what every team is going to do the rest of this season, which is when Severe Wheeler has the ball, they're going to give him about a 15-yard cushion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to play like a prevent defense like you see in football. Like, all right, you're, you're going to shoot it from out there. Yep, have you're, at it. You're going, to, you, you're going to have to beat us. We are not letting you drive to the goal. And what baffles me is that after the game, Calipari was like, well, you know, the, we, we weren't prepared. We didn't know what to do when they came out and guarded severe like that. Like, what? You have been a Division One basketball coach for 30 freaking years, and you're telling me you don't know what to do when somebody backs off of your point guard? That seems like something you could work around. I mean, <laughs> you're telling me in 30 years you've never had anybody back off your point guard who can't shoot? Never? You just had no clue. Like, well, sorry, we'll have to figure this out back, next week, back guys. Back in, guys. I, I don't know. Back to the old drawing board. Oh, geez. I mean, and this happens so much with Calipari. It's like, anytime we see a zone, we don't know what to do. When we see a 1-3-1 one, one zone, we're just, oh, well, we're, we're going to go 10 straight possessions without a bucket because we don't know how to... Like I feel like this happens unless another team is just playing straight up man to man. I feel like Calipari doesn't know what to do. I don't understand. How can you not know what to do? You're a Hall of Fame coach and don't know what to do in that situation. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's really interesting stuff. The other quote that was interesting to me about Calipari after the game is he said, some of the players froze and didn't know what to do. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute. This is the most experienced team in the history of Kentucky basketball, over 100 years of playing basketball, the most years returning that we've ever had. And we still freeze? If this team freezes, do we have any hope <laughs> of having our one-and-done guys not freeze? I mean, whose fault is that? If you don't have the most experienced team in UK history prepared to not freeze, whose fault is that? I don't know. I, I, it's more of a theoretical question. I have some thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's very frustrating because for years it's been, uh, you know, these guys are young. You know, they're they're still trying to figure it out. We've heard that excuse for a decade. Now they're too old. 
and now they're too it's old. Like, we need the rat in the middle, Ty. They're too old now. They're set in their ways. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, that's what's going to be Calipari's line. You know, they're too set in their ways. Yeah, and and now everybody's excuse is, well, they're they're veterans, but they've never played together before. Well, get, give me a. Calipari has the greatest job on earth because no matter what he does, he's got a built-in excuse for it. Oh, we're we're young. We got all freshmen. We're trying to figure this out. Oh, we got all juniors and seniors, but they they came from different teams. They're trying to figure this out. What scenario is there to where we we are prepared for a game in December? Is there any scenario? Yeah, there's a lot of apologists out there. I gotta say, and when did it become weird to criticize things that are wrong, even if it's your team? Right. I have the same thing with politicians. If you don't criticize and ask questions about your politicians, you end up with the politicians that we have running this country right now, which is why everything sucks. If you go into a business and you're just blindly loyal to them to the point to where when they do something wrong, you don't say something, they'll eventually sell you a crappy product knowing that you're going to buy it anyway. The same thing is happening with UK basketball right now. If you keep just praising Cal constantly every single day, even though there are serious problems here you're eventually going to lower the quality of your product on the court. You have to ask questions and push back as a consumer. And we as fans are consumers. We pay tickets for the games. We pay tickets for par- we pay for parking. We pay for that damn Rupp Arena ice cream. <laughs> we pay cable bills. We sign up for SEC Plus, uh, ESPN Plus 2467 channel that we have to stream games on so we can watch these games. We're paying money for all these things. We deserve a better product. And we're paying this guy through the roof. Something's not right. Calipari just needs to be honest and say, look, this is a transition year. I've got Chin and Coach O back. Can you guys just hang with us till next year? The problem is he had last year. So now if you have two years back-to-back where it's very subpar and you risk missing the tournament, because we're not getting the tournament with the schedule that we've played. We beat seven scrub teams. That's it. The two teams that we played won a top-10 team and won a top-100 team. I think think Notre Dame's number 50 in the Kimpom. Well, good. They were sub-500 before we played them. They were three and four. Uh with not even a full crowd when we played there. So it's not looking good. You got to criticize things when they're not right or else the people that are delivering you the goods will think that you're okay with something. You have to vote with your wallet. I think some people are voting with their wallet, which is why you're seeing half-filled Rupp Arena. And that's a whole other story altogether. I've got a ton of theories on that, but that's (laughs) for another show. But things like this are not acceptable. When did it become okay to lose? Like you said earlier, well, you know, I thought we may lose this game. I remember Kentucky basketball when we didn't expect to lose. Mm-hmm. And it was a shock when we lost. Where did those days go? We've moved the goalposts so far. We're not even in the same, you know, ballpark here, in my opinion. Yeah, and the, the concerning thing is, you look at the SEC schedule, and you just look at all the teams we play on the road, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. Florida. If you can't beat Notre Dame on the road, you're not winning any of those games on the road. Mm -hmm. And if you just look at the schedule, I think there is the potential for at least 12 losses. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you're listening to this right now, just just take a second, go look at the schedule and look at the road game. Tell me which one of those we're winning. Yeah. Because there's not many of them. We we probably win at Vanderbilt. That's the only one I feel yeah, good it's about. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be very tough. So I, I think there's one of two ways you can look at this. You can look at this game at Notre Dame, say, "All right, what was the big key difference? We shot two for nineteen from the three point line. 
So you say to yourself, all right, if we just shoot four for 19, if we just shoot 20%, I mean, we shot 11% from three. So you just say, all right, if we just had knocked down two more threes, we win the game. And, and so you ask yourself, is, do you think that this was just a blip on the radar, that we're two for 19? Or are we concerned that maybe this team, which was billed as the best shooting team of the Calipari era, Maybe they're, maybe they're not as good a shooting team as we thought. When blips start happening repeatedly, they turn into just one long sound. It's no longer a blip, blip. It's just... <laughs> which is also the sound when somebody's dead. and There's no sign to resuscitate them, all right? Uh, when you have the, the amount of blips that we've had... This isn't just this year, Tyler. And this isn't really just last year. I would say since the 2015 season, um, we may have had... I've, I've really enjoyed one season. And that was the Monk Pox year. Other than that, it's been up and down would be a nice way to put it. We have early exits from the tournament. We're not making Final Fours anymore. And people are saying, oh, we were one bucket away from Auburn or, you know, from going to the Final Four. Well, great. We didn't go, did we? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're either going or you're not. You can't sit here and blame every little thing for not going somewhere. And at a certain point, Calipari kind of wears on you a little bit too because he tells half-truths when players are injured. He goes on and rambles about God knows what half the time. Does that sound like any politician that we've had recently? Somebody that tells half-truths and just rambles on about God knows what? <laughs> I think just like that politician, who I won't mention because they're so polarizing, I think eventually people start tuning out and they get overloaded and they're like, I'm done with this. I don't want to hear anymore. I don't trust you. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree at all. There's, there's a lot of Calipari fatigue right now. I I don't know, man. Uh, like I said, I can. This could go one of two ways. I still think there is the potential for this to be a really good season. I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet, but there are a lot of things we saw in that game. I mean, other than the three point shooting, I don't know how you fix them. I mean, Severe Wheeler is a junior, mm -hmm. and he still has issues with turnovers. That's not going to change. He, he is who he is. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, you know, we don't have anybody other than Ty Ty Washington who can take their guy off the dribble to the rim. These are, you know, Mints, uh, Grady. You know, they are who they are. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're not freshmen. These guys, we have seen these guys for three, four years. They they are who they are. And so at this point, you, when you see concerning things like what we saw against Notre Dame. These aren't like a group of freshmen. We're like, okay, they could. There's still a lot of room mm -hmm. to improve. I don't know that there is a whole lot of room to improve. Yeah, I mean, I think. Like you, I said, what do you think it takes? A mass exodus, and we get a whole new team again? Or do you think it ever gets better? I think it's going to take something really sharp happening. <laughs> Maybe in January. <laughs> so basically, what we're saying is, we need a high school kid to come in, start the team, play the most minutes of the team, and score a majority of our points uh, for us to make the final four. And then year. we'll be fine. I, I think that's kind of where we sit right now. As weird as that is to say, that's that's where I see it as of right now. It just doesn't look good. We look like crap. We've looked. We haven't looked great all year, even against these scrub teams. I mean, we just don't look good. Yeah, the offense is. Absolutely pathetic. 62 points. You know, Notre Dame played in the Maui Invitational against Chaminade, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Division Two team. Mm -hmm. Chaminade scored 64. Mm. That's tough. That's so, tough comparison <laughs> So there. Chaminade 
scored more points against Notre Dame than the than the gold standard of college basketball could manage to score. Yeah, and, that tells you where our offense is right now. now. I'm not going to jump on the fire Calipari bandwagon, but I'm not also going to jump on the bandwagon that says who are you going to get to replace Cal? Nobody else can do the job. Uh, that's horse crap because eventually he's going to leave. So if if you have that mentality, then anybody that comes in after him is just going to suck. So that's wrong. And also when Barbie, uh, you know, and, and his staff were in there helping Cal, Cal was essentially on his own. And we saw Calipari needs other people to help him get recruits. Bottom line, Calipari is not the Zen master recruiter that we thought he was because he wasn't getting them when he was uh, putting it in charge of other people. So I think that exposed that a little bit as well. So if you're sitting here saying we don't get player X, Y, or Z, if Cal leaves... I don't know. We didn't get him the last five years when Cal was there when he didn't have the recruiting people to help. So I'm not on either bandwagon. I'm not saying Calipari's Jesus. I'm not saying he's Hitler and the worst thing on earth. I'm just saying questions need to be asked. Yeah. We we need to see some improvement on this revenge tour. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not been... I've not seen a revenge tour this bad since the Buffalo Bills in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's looking like more of the Revenge of the Nerds tour right now. It's it's looking pre- it's looking pretty bad at this point. I'm not liking it at so, all. But, but can we talk about something a little bit more positive, Tyler? Yes. Can, can please, we do please that? Do. Please do. Okay, okay. Let's the football team had a great year. We're all aware of that. Amen. And five of our players have been named to the SEC uh, coaches, uh, all-SEC team, which is really exciting. Luke Fortner and Darren Kennard make the first team. Uh, Wandale Robinson, Josh Pascoe, and Chris Rodriguez make the second team All-SEC by the coaches, which means that Kentucky is getting respect. Yep. Uh, Tyler, what were your thoughts on this? Do you think uh, anything should be changed with that? And were you surprised that Will Levis was left off? Well, I, at first I was kind of angry because I'm like, how in the world? Wandale Robinson just broke the school record yeah. for receptions in a season and wasn't even on the first team. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, but then you look at the guys who are first in, like, it just shows you how loaded the SEC is, It's man. ridiculous. It really, it really is. Um, so the fact that we had five guys voted to these all-coaches teams, I, th- I, think, I think it's really impressive. I think Two on was, the offensive line, for Pete's sake. Two yeah. on the offensive line. When does, when does that ever happen? Never. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Pretty, pretty sure never. Uh, I, have no, <laughs> I have no statistical information to back that up, but I feel confident in saying that was never. So I, I think this is something that we should be pretty proud of, uh, even though I thought some of those guys maybe deserved first team. It's, it's, it's incredible. It, it really is that we've got five guys at all different positions. You know, n- you know, occasionally oh, we'll, it's get, all over the place, we'll get a great quarterback or, you know, whoever. But we've got offensive line. We've got wide receiver. We've got defensive ends. Yeah, it's We've great. got guys all over the field. And I think this is a huge recruiting tool that Stoops can use going forward. Like, hey, we had all these guys on the all-SEC teams. It's impressive. It's pretty it's, sweet. Yeah, it's impressive, like you said, to have them spread out over so many different positions. Because we've had the Tim Couches. You know, we've had Andre Woodson. We've had, you know, other players, Craig Yeast and a bunch of others. But to have it spread out on the offense and defense evenly, for Pete's sake. I mean, that's ridiculous. Three on the defense. Or actually, the offensive line, I should say, is on the offense. But I was surprised that Will Levis was left off. But I guess he did have some games where he was a little bit more inconsistent. And that probably weighed 
on people's minds a little bit and keeping them off the you know the first or second. Well, team. I mean the the first team quarterback did just win the Heisman Trophy. You know the the guy for Alabama. Well, now you're so, getting too particular. I Tyler. mean, you're getting too particular. <laughs> it's it's hard what, hard to make the first team when you got somebody who just true. won the and Heisman Trophy. That's a good point. And so when you have dominant teams like that, when you have your Alabamas, your Georgias, your Ole Miss, you know these really dominant teams, it's hard to break through and even get on any of these. So to have two on the first team, I can't complain especially when the first-team guy had 46 touchdowns with four interceptions. That's ridiculous. That should <laughs> I don't even know how that happens. How does that happen? That is crazy. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't seem feasible. When they were showing the Heisman Trophy presentation, I said, that's got to be a typo. That can't be right. It's, it boggles the mind. Yeah. Well, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Will Levis, come back, please. We need you. Uh, please come back next year and make first-team SEC. That would be great. And win the Heisman. There, there you go. Just go for it. There you go. So, I don't know. I was happy with that. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, uh, that concludes our sports segment for the day. Uh, Brandon, tell people how they can find us if they are interested in learning more about Lex Buds and Pick and Roll. Well, tell, Ty, what I'm going to do, I'm going to speak to the elf on the shelf that's across the side of the room here that we're looking at. Oh, yeah. I see him over there. Yeah, the elf on the shelf is on the Peloton bike on the other side of the camera in this room. And I'm going to talk to the elf on the shelf right now. Elf, if you want to follow this show, probably the best way to do it, first of all, download us wherever you listen to podcasts, right? Anywhere. We put this out everywhere. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, it's a free download. Check us out on Twitter at LexBuds. We have all kinds of snarky, funny, witty comments. I would say witty is a good way to describe our comments, <laughs> both during the games, after humble. the game. I think we're very humble. Very humble. Uh, yes, we really hold back our opinions, <laughs> and people get angry at us for some reason a lot of times. But, hey, if you want to be angry at us, follow us on Twitter at LexBuds. LexBuds.com if you want to check out our articles on Facebook, LexBuds and Pick and Roll, Instagram, LexBuds everywhere. LexBuds, go to your internet-connected device, type in the word LexBuds, and we're going to be the only dang thing you find on the internet with the word LexBuds on it because we're the only two people crazy enough to claim that name. <laughs> is that a fair assessment? <laughs> that, that is correct. Yeah, I, think uh, I mean, we, we are we, we are the, the average fan. We, we are just two guys, two dads, two guys from eastern Kentucky living in Lexington now, we we like to be the voice of the fan because so much of what's out there is just sunshine and rainbows towards Calipari, towards Mitch Barnhart. We're we're going to call people out. We're we're not we're not here to just be one hundred percent. UK is great all the time. Go go checkerboard. Go oh, every. Yeah. <laughs> if there's things we don't like, we're going to say it. And it's probably why we will never have anybody from UK athletics on this show. Yeah. Because eventually we're going to say something uh, that they are not going to like. So the odds uh, of us getting credentialed anytime soon are slim. No. <laughs> never never gonna happen yeah this is kind of like the uncut version you know how you, in movies you have the the regular film and then you have the director's cut with all these scenes that they didn't want to show in the yes movie. we're like the director's cut we show you all the gruesome scenes that were too horrific for regular viewing and by horrific scenes i mean we talk bad sometimes about the things that we love because it's important to us and things need to be called out and talked about when they're wrong that's not a hard concept people should understand it that's right i mean you we, we we're not somebody who's going to blow smoke, but we're also not here to just say, you know, cows should be fired. Well, I mean, we're, we're, I, I think, think you did say I that. I think one we time, bring but... objectivity. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that was last year. Everybody was saying that last year. Everybody was mad. Yeah. I might be saying at the end of this year the way we'll things are. We'll see how going. it goes, won't we? <laughs> but you're right. Objective. Just, just look at call balls and strikes. Be an umpire, right? Instead of a bookie in Vegas that has money on the game. You know what I mean? Amen, brother. Be objective. 
But anyway, it's time to get into segment two, which is our new segment. And as promised, segment three, our favorite Christmas movies. This is really important. Probably the most pivotal segment that we've ever had on the show is the favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, we're so. going we're gonna to do our draft, and then we will post our picks online and let, let you, the audience, decide who has the best taste in Christmas movies. Absolutely. But before we get into it, Tyler, segment two, the news... I'll let you start out. What do we got? All right. Well, obviously the big story, uh, the tragedy that occurred uh, in the western part of the state with what has been called the worst tornado since 1974 to hit the state of Kentucky. Just a devastating news. I mean, I, I woke up Saturday morning like most people did to see the pictures online, to turn on the news and see Andy Bashir on the Today Show talking about all the destruction and the death toll and all that. Just so incredibly sad. Um, looking at upwards of 100 deaths in total, just so many lives destroyed, so much history destroyed, mm-hmm. You know, as we see historic buildings and downtowns. I, I, it's it's hard for me to even put this into words and to talk about it, uh, but Brandon, what uh, what what how how do, how do we kind of soak in this news? It looks like something from a movie. You know what I mean? It looks like a scene from a movie. It doesn't look like a real thing when you see the shots. You know, a lot of people have taken drone footage, yeah, and just done the overhead views. And you're sitting there looking at it like, nah, that can't be right. No way, that can't be right. But it is. I mean, you can see house after house, business after business just blown to smithereens, like down to the sticks and the foundation, and that's it. Now, uh, you know, in the uh, description of this podcast, we will put a link for you to be able to donate as well. Uh, Governor Andy Bashir did send out a link for people to be able to click on and, and donate, you know, whatever you can. And I can tell you it's going to take a lot, but it's going to take a lot more if people don't pitch in as well. So if, even if you can pitch in five or ten bucks... That's something, because it's going to take a long time for these cities. There's some towns that literally got blown off the map. Mm-hmm. You know, where they were a dot on the map before, they are literally nothing right now. So I don't know how long it takes before that comes back. I couldn't imagine living in one of those towns. When, yeah. you're, when you're waiting for the rest of the town, let's say you built, you got your house rebuilt today. Let's say you're a really good builder, and you, get your, you build your own house in 30 days. You're living around a town that's non-functional. You don't have a grocery store. You don't have a city hall. You don't have neighbors. You know what I mean? What yeah. kind of decision do you have to make? I mean, you're making decisions like, do I live in this town again? Do I have right. to move? Yeah. I have to go file insurance. Is my insurance going to cover this? How long is that process going to take? Where am I going to live until it gets done? I mean, there's a thousand questions that people don't think about when they see the footage, but it's a long, drawn-out process, and these people's lives are wrecked. I, I don't know. I mean, we can do our part to put the information out uh, to donate, which is what's going to have to happen, but... It's almost beyond words. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that's absolutely what we do as Kentuckians. We we come together in times like this because we kind of have to. I mean, Kentucky doesn't have a whole lot of resources to recover from things. I mean, just unfortunately, it, it is what it is. We are one of the poorest states in the country. So we kind of have to come together. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of federal relief. And, yeah. you know, Andy's been, been working with the Biden administration already for yep. support and bringing those resources in, which is great. Uh, but anything people can do to help, 
I th- I think is is going is going to mean a lot. Um, and, and and these these things are always sad. I, I think it's even more difficult. I mean, look at we're you know we're two weeks away from Christmas. Yeah, and you just you know think that's a really of, good point. Yeah, uh, you know, and I know this is a a small thing. You know, when we're talking about people who have died, but you know, you just think you know you had houses, you know, had all their kids' Christmas presents wrapped and ready mm-hmm. to go, and you know got families that aren't going to have presents for their kids this year and or, or have anything you know everything just think everything you own just being gone yeah. in one night it's pretty wild i don't know how you how you even soak that in how, there was there was reports that there was debris that was measured up to 30,000 feet in there that's yeah. where that's where planes fly yeah. i don't think people understand exactly how high that is if a plane had flown by it would have got hit with a stick or you know what i mean that's did did you see the some, somebody posted that that they found a picture on their front porch and it's like in Albany, Indiana? Did you see that? Mm-mm. So somebody in Indiana found this like an old photograph. It had somebody's name on it and it said 1942. And so they posted the picture online and it found out that the owner of that picture was uh, in Western Kentucky. That picture had been blown something like 200 miles. Yeah. Just un unreal. That that, that is far. <laughs> I, it, it's hard. I mean, we laugh about it because it's you laugh at things that are so unbelievable. Yeah, you're like that is a long way for anything to travel via the air, right? So it was probably it could have been one of those objects that had been blown thirty thousand feet in there. Yeah, and it just blows around in the clouds above the you're above the clouds when you're at thirty thousand feet. You're you're flying above the clouds, so it's uh, it is just uh, hard to put into words. I'm not sure what to do personally. I can't build houses. I can't make anything. Me either. I mean, I have a hard time building furniture that I get at Target. Like, if I get a (laughs) shelf at Target, it takes me hours. Yeah, you give me something from Ikea, just forget about it. So we need money (laughs) to send in through the donations, which, again, will be in the link in the uh, uh, description of this as well. Just donate something because Tyler and I can't do it. I don't don't know what to do. We could deliver things, but that's about it. Yeah, Uh, so I I think that's definitely... Puts everything into perspective. You know, we we, we love Kentucky sports, and, and we get upset, and we're passionate about it. But the, these are the type of things that, that truly matter, and these are the things that should bring us together as a state. In the and it should be noted, too, that the U.K. basketball team, I'm, you know, we've heard reports that they're going to do like a telethon, yeah. mm-hmm. which is good because, uh, you know, I think we all need it. I mean, I was hoping that we won the game Saturday because we really needed something positive. We needed it. But the fact that we lost, I mean, it upset me as like a hardcore fan. But then you look at it, and you're like, in the grand scheme, is it really that big of a deal? Probably not, but you have to care about it some, or else you're not a fan. So there's that fine balance of how much should you care versus, you know, how important is it? Yep, you know I mean? absolutely. So just uh, continue to keep people in that part of the state in your thoughts and prayers, and if, if you're able to do anything mm-hmm. to support it, God bless you for it. Yep, absolutely. Tyler, speaking of things uh, like that picture that you just mentioned uh, that went missing, the Owsley County Sheriff went missing missing uh, temporarily because he was on the run, one would say, after he was accused of assaulting a basketball player. Now, let me explain this, Tyler. Owsley County was playing Perry County Central, which are fighting words in my book already. Okay. We what, play, and what, what, spo- what sport were they is playing? Ba- this is basketball. This is girls basketball. Girls high school basketball girls game. High school Owsley basketball. County versus Perry County. That's okay. correct. All and right. the sheriff is an assistant coach or, you know, one of the helping coaches for the Owsley County girls team. And there's a skirmish out on the court, some 
players are exchanging some words, maybe getting a little physical. The sheriff slash coach runs out onto the court, tries to break things up, and supposedly assaults one of the opposing players and is now charged with fourth-degree assault, which is not a good thing. After two or three days of not being able to track down the sheriff, he was eventually arrested, and we'll wait and see what actually happens here, Tyler. Um, what are your thoughts on sheriffs punching teenage girls? And do you think he'll actually get in trouble for this? Because essentially it's law enforcement arresting another law enforcement officer as well. Do you think this will be something that people just forget and sweep under the rug? Or will he actually get in trouble for this? Uh, first of all, this yeah, he's got to be fired. He, I mean, Unless, uh, assuming this actually happened, all right. I know this is all uh, you know allegedly, um, but if he hit a high school student girl, mm-hmm. female, mm-hmm. hit a high school girl in the face, which is what he is accused of, mm-hmm. he's out. Yeah, he's out. Now, is he? Are you saying he's out as coach or he's out as sheriff? Everything. Okay. I, I, whatever he, if, I don't know how many jobs this guy has. I mean, he's the sheriff, he's the assistant coach. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he runs the Pizza Hut. What, what, whatever he, <laughs> I hope do, so. whatever he does in Owsley County. Okay. That's it's unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, as as somebody who used to coach middle school sports, I mean, what what kind of example has this guy set? Yeah. For the girls playing on that Owsley County team. And and I also want to point out this is not the first incident with this guy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, a few years ago at another high school girls basketball game, he went into the stands to um, get into an altercation with. I, I guess somebody was yelling or said something from the stands that he didn't like. Mm, good, and gets into an altercation with a fan. I mean, you you are the sheriff. You are. A leader on the girls' basketball team. What kind of example are you setting for those girls and for that town, for that community? This is just ridiculous. I mean, I, I hate to hark back on what we've been talking about with Ed Hazard High School, with with the Hazard High School principal, who's also the slash mayor. And who, oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> who knows what else he does? We you see it so many times in these small towns where people have. All this power because they're holding multiple roles like this. This is just like the the Hazard High School thing. It's unacceptable and it's just really, really sad that this is what those high school kids are being exposed to. Yeah, absolutely. I was getting ready to say, Tyler, let me tell you a little story about an eastern Kentucky town that had somebody as a city authority figure involved with the schools that already had a previous incident (laughs) that had another incident. um, And, of course, I'm talking about Hazard High School, of course with uh, what's going on there. I I would say you just have to give them the Hazard High School treatment, Tyler, and just require more training. (laughs) Maybe maybe just not punch as hard. Uh, That's the Hazard High School way. That's the way Hazard does it, as far as I know. Yeah, he'll he'll have a a web-based training. Yeah, yeah, next thing you know, they'll have parents come outside. Well, that's the way we used to do it when we were kids. We'd punch them. We'd punch them. That's what they did at Hazard, right? Well, we used to do lap dances at school. We're going to harp back on that till something happens. (laughs) So that, that, that's my whole point, Tyler, is does anything ever happen to this guy? Because like you said, the guy gets arrested. Oh, that's Terry. He's a good guy. He didn't mean nothing. He just gets a little riled up every now and then. It was it was their fault. They should have just quit fighting. And what will happen, the police will investigate themselves. It will go to internal affairs, and they'll say, we find no wrongdoing here. 
and then he'll go back to coaching. Yeah, he'll get a slap on the wrist and do community service or some garbage he'll, he'll like get, that. I would just ask for the Hazard High School training. <laughs> Whoever the lawyers are for Hazard High School, they need to be hired by Owsley County immediately. Right. The, I, <laughs> I, I, I would say those attorneys, were they, they just went ahead and took a trip down to Owsley County. And, <laughs> like, how'd you pull that off, man? Because that's a really good one, I gotta ask. Well, we're just gonna retrain you. But just just so unfortunate, man. Makes Makes me really sad. Makes me really sad. Yeah, I would like to be in a room with somebody like that that thinks it's okay to go in and hit a teenage girl. A girl? I mean, not not that hitting a teenage boy would be you know any better, but just something. It really like, angers me, Tyler. Hitting a really girl just makes it worse. Yeah, I get really frustrated. Um, and if I were a parent, I'd like to have ten minutes alone in a room with. Oh, guy. can you can you imagine if if you're that girl's parents? I mean, I, I I've got two daughters, and I can just imagine my reaction if a grown man. Came out and punched one of them. Yeah, uh, that I would be arrested right there on the. Uh, oh like, yeah, it would be over. Yeah, <laughs> just I'm sorry, kids. Dad's gonna have to go to jail. <laughs> Daddy's gonna go away for a long time. I'm sorry. No, that's true. And if you couldn't get a hold of him, I would stand outside of the uh, county jail there with a megaphone and just make his life a living hell until he gets put in jail and sentenced for something. Because you can't go around hitting people. That's assault. What if somebody came up and punched him in the face as a sheriff? What do you think would happen to them? Do you think they would get a sentence? Probably. Yep. So what happens when that sheriff in turn hits a minor, especially a girl in a basketball game? When you're in a position of authority. Really pisses me off. Yep. I mean, you, you and I, we, it, it kind of reminded me because, you know, when you and I played high school basketball, our, our sheriff was also an assistant coach. Yeah, he was also six foot eight, and nobody <laughs> yeah. messed with us, so that was good. I actually liked having him as coach because if he was around, nah, you don't want to mess with our coach. He, he looks like he would kill a grizzly bear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but he, but he never ran out and punched, punched somebody on the opposing team, though. That was a, a big difference. That was a, that was a help. That was a good help. But, yeah, really pisses me off. I hope he gets what he deserves, and we'll see how it goes. I don't yeah. know. What we got next, Tyler? All right, uh, last news story uh, that we have here. Brandon, I am really interested to get your take on this one. Oh, I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're a businessman. Yeah. Uh, business degree from UK. Yep. So I, I want to kind of see the, the CEO of Better.com, which I was not familiar with. Uh Better.com apparently is an online mortgage lender. Okay. So the CEO... I got to be careful here because I'm a real estate agent too. So oh, okay. All right. Well, if, if, if we need to edit something out later... Just no, I don't, I don't edit anything. <laughs> uh, the CEO, I guess times were not good for Better.com. Uh -huh. they, they were hitting a rough patch apparently. And they were going to have to let go 900 employees. And the the CEO decided that the best way to, to lay off these 900 people was to do a group Zoom call mm -hmm. with all of them uh, to tell them that they were that they were being laid off. And so, of course, word gets out that this guy just just fired 900 people over a Zoom call, and so now he is getting all sorts of backlash. He has apologized somewhat. Uh, you know, that gave the typical, like, I'm sorry if I offended anybody type of, oh, you know. sorry, you're feeling for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm sorry if I communicated this poorly. Um, but, Brandon, what do you think 900 people fired over a Zoom call? Do you think that could have been handled better or? No, you, that, that, that's not a smart move. <laughs> not a smart move at all. Uh, here's what you got to do. And this is just my opinion again. I didn't, I didn't read this story because I knew you were covering it. And I didn't want to, I wanted to come at this with a fresh set of eyes here. 
If it were me, you don't do it over Zoom because that's just strange. Okay. Right, it's strange. What you got to do is you got to float something out there and just say, you know, we've had some changes. Financially, we're not going to be able to keep everybody. We'll let you know what happens over the next so many months. And you keep in touch with the management that's there, right? The managers that are over the different departments and say, look, this is where we're at. We'll let you know when the changes happen. And then you do it that way. But just to snap your fingers, you're out of here over a Zoom call, not good. You need, I think you need to prepare people. The more that you can prepare people, the better. Because some people will leave and find something else because they don't want to take the risk, right? You're giving people an opportunity. When you just yank the rug out from under them, you're kind of leaving them high and dry. It's not a very good feeling at all. So I think you've got to put something out there early on. That's just my opinion. Okay. So you, you think better.com maybe should be called dobetter.com? <laughs> I would buy that domain if I could. In fact, we may buy it after this show. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm going to actually defend the CEO a little bit. Oh, really? Um, so let's just say you're on the other end. You're, you're the person who's getting the news that you're being let go. A lot of people are angry that it was done over a Zoom call. I actually think that's okay because this is an online company. So I'm assuming most of these people do most of their work from home. Yeah. Probably don't go into the office. If, yeah. Who knows if there even is an office. Um, but, I mean, let's say he was going to fire them all in person. Like, hey, hey Bob, I need you to come in. We're going to have a meeting tomorrow. Yeah. It needs you to come in. And then so, you know, you come in for a meeting, you get all dressed up, you make the trip into the office, and then you get make all that effort to get there only to get fired. Like, well, what the heck? I came in all the way to the office for this? Yeah. Like, I mean, in some ways, I, I would just rather it happen over Zoom so I don't have to put forth the effort to, to mm. go into the office to get the news. Like, or just tell me, like, I, I, I don't want to, let's not waste time with pleasantries and, and making me come in. Yeah. So just... Just the fact that it was done over Zoom, I honestly don't have... I would have rather got that than being forced to come in in person to get that news. Well, I guess, you know, if you get you, people are getting hired via Zoom, I guess you can get fired via Zoom, right? I mean, people are doing Zoom interviews right now. Um, so, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. I just think the manner in doing it just all at once without any fair warning is hurtful to people. People need to know. Yeah, nine hundred. Like, I'm not sure we're all nine hundred people on the Zoom call at once, because that 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 would seem very impersonal. Uh, well, I mean, you would have to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because otherwise you do nine hundred Zoom calls. That yeah, I mean, you would have to. That would take a long time. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe this wasn't handled all that poorly. I mean, I feel like you're, you don't have a whole lot of good options when you're having to let go of nine hundred people. I don't really know what a whole lot of else. Yeah, that's, that's what true. I can done. see both sides of the argument, but I just wish there was more time. And it just feels weird to do it via a video call. Am I? It's just a kind of a weird feeling. It's very disconnected. It does. But times are changing. Times I, are changing. Things are happening more. That's true. Video is becoming more prevalent. So I guess we got to get on board. This is the way it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Tyler, we're moving on to segment three. Yes. I'm so excited about this. I've been thinking about it all week long. And we are going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies. Now, Tyler, uh, just for the audience's sake, what we usually do, we usually do a draft where yes. we somebody will go first, somebody will do the next two picks, then the next two picks, and so on until we get our top three finished. And this is going to be really exciting because first we need to figure out what is a Christmas movie. Before we get into this and pick our list, what is your definition 
of a Christmas movie because I've seen Christmas lists online where I'm like, that's not a Christmas movie. What are you, that is, no, that's not right. What is your definition of a Christmas movie? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways you can look at this. So, okay. I mean, you, you, you could look at, okay, are, are, for it to be a Christmas movie, does it have to take place during Christmas? Um, the, how big of a theme does Christmas have to play? And mm, it, yeah. it, it's just the fact that it took place during Christmas, but nothing else at all has to do with Christmas. Well, what, there, there are a lot of different requirements people have. I want to make this very simple. Okay. My definition of a Christmas movie is just a movie that you watch at Christmas time. Okay. Or a movie that you primarily watch around Christmas time. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm going to make it a simple definition. You know, I you know, like, like with the Fourth of July, somehow Independence Day has now become uh, a movie that, that is the movie, <laughs> even though it has nothing to do with Independence Day. Today, we sell it. Come on, you know the whole speech, Tyler. Well, I do, yeah, but uh, that's that's for another n- show. Neither here nor there. But yeah, I get what you're saying. To me, it means that Christmas is a central part of the story not saying that everything is like okay it has to be santa claus but there's always this aura of christmas somewhere in the movie that everything else is kind of dancing around or playing off of right it can't be just something like let me give you an example of another holiday saint patrick's day okay the movie the fugitive love the fugitive the fugitive they there's that scene where they turn the chicago whatever that river is green uh-huh. oh why don't they dye it the regular color of the, you know the rest of the year Great movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't consider that a. We're Saint gonna Pat- search every fox house, in house, hat house. That's right, <laughs> dog house. But I wouldn't call that a St. Patrick's Day movie because it just that wasn't a central theme of the movie, even though it happened during that time. Right? Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So it's a small blip on the radar, but the central story has nothing to do with that. All right. Christmas movies center around Christmas. It doesn't have to be Santa Claus. It doesn't have to be reindeer. But the story itself has to center around it. Okay. All right, so uh, as we make picks, are, are are we allowed to pick anything that each of us consider Christmas movie? Or are we going to try to overrule any picks? Like if I pick something, you say no, that's not a Christmas movie. Am, Tyler, am I going to get overruled on any of Tyler, these picks? I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, I'll let you know. All right, now who's going to go first here? Here, I'll think of a number between one and ten, Tyler. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Is, is this like in Vegas vacation? We should have a coin or something. We, we should have a coin. Um, how do we choose who goes first? Uh, how do we do this? Rock, uh, paper, scissors? Yeah, let's okay, go. Okay, let's do it. Okay. We'll do one, two, three, shoot. Okay. One, one two, two, three, shoot. All right, I go nope, first. Sweet. You got it. Okay. I was actually hoping I didn't have to go first because this is a lot of pressure. Oh, I, I, I already know what you're going to pick first. I mean, I know what I want to pick first, mm-hmm. but I don't think you'll pick it. <laughs> And I don't want you to steal some of my other ones like you did on our last draft. I, I did I did beat you pretty bad, uh, if yeah, we're being honest. You, you really... I went with my heart, and I should have... On I drafted our, on our comedy movie quotes draft. Yeah, comedy movie quotes draft. But for me... Gosh, Tyler, why do I have to go first? All right. So the biggest one for me, and this comes down to a handful, it has got to be, in my opinion, Elf. Oh. Elf. You're going to Elf. I can watch Elf on repeat, okay? It has got so many great scenes. I remember going to the theaters thinking, okay, all the great Christmas movies have already been made. This one's going to be terrible. And I watched it, and I absolutely loved it. It's it's funny for kids. Adults can find funny stuff in it. And it's got a great message overall. 
And it literally centers around Christmas. It is a great story of families coming together and just having a great Christmas time. It builds the Christmas spirit at the end with all the singing. Yep. And it's just a happy time. And it also teaches the you know the the four food groups, <laughs> oh, yeah, which yeah. is candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. Yeah, that's true. That's very important. <laughs> I think some people actually do live off that food. <laughs> you know, the four food groups. But I absolutely love Elf. It's a great movie. All right, that's 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 a solid pick. Uh, I, I think Elf more and more each year becomes. A, a bigger Christmas movie, like I feel like it has just steadily climbed up the hierarchy yeah. of Christmas movies. Oh yeah, to where it is now in that top tier. It, it, of it movies. is. It is. We're, I don't feel like it was at that level for a long time, mm-mm. but it has now reached that point. Yeah, it's reached a fever pitch now. It's really pushing the limits. So yeah. I like Elf. Okay, all right. That that was definitely that was that was in my top two or three. So that that hurts me to lose that one. Oh, uh, all these are going to hurt, Tyler, because we like this. <laughs> I guarantee we're going to have the same movies. But go ahead. Um, so I, I really, to me, I had three movies that were kind of a cut above everything else. Elf being one of those. So since I get the next two picks, this is easy. I know exactly which two I'm going with. Okay, what do you got? Uh, first one, I have probably watched this movie more than any other movie in the world. Because when I was a little kid, I would just watch this movie on repeat. Yeah. I would watch it in the middle of summer. Yeah. I watched this year-round. I could recite every line from this movie growing up. I know where it this is, is going. It is a Christmas story. Yep. Great movie. Ralphie. Oh. You got the genuine Red Rider carbon action 200-shot lightning range model air rifle that he wants for Christmas. Everybody tells him he's going to shoot his eye out. Lucky he has a compass in the stock. <laughs> With the compass in the stock. <laughs> and this thing which tells time. It's Black Bart. <laughs> uh. it, it's, I mean, it's iconic. I mean, if, if, if you're talking about Christmas, I mean, they show it for 24 straight hours, for the love of God. I mean, it, it's it's iconic. Can I tell you something, Tyler? Whenever my um, my in-laws come over for Christmas Eve, and we open gifts from them for, for the kids and stuff like that, we don't start opening gifts until 8 p.m. We turn it on TNT, and when the Christmas story starts, with its 24 hours, yep. it starts at 8 p.m., that's when we open gifts. That's we, your we official start. We will not start. open the gift until <laughs> that starts. That is the tradition. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's a, a great movie. I like it. The the scene where Ralphie overcomes his bully, I think, is kind of a universal thing, because even if all of us weren't bullied, we all have seen that person where we're like, yep. God, if I could just get my hands on that person and wring their freaking neck. And Ralphie did it for all of us. You no good record freak. <laughs> Holy smoke. There's so many great lines. You've got the, the, flag, the uh, flagpole scene. The flagpole scene. Classic. Well, go on, smartass, and do it. <laughs> okay, okay. That's a... Uh, <laughs> Thug? <laughs> I double dog dare. Oh, the double dog dare. I mean, that's that's cl- and then the, you know the yeah the tire changing scene. The yeah. old fudge. I, it's it's basically that movie is just a collection of iconic scenes. It's just one right after another. Yeah, the oval teen scene where he's like all hyped up to get something, and it's a crummy commercial. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got so many classic lines in it. I can see why you picked it. Yeah, so I'm going that number one. And I also have visited the Christmas Story house. Did you, How was that? Did you know you can go to the Christmas Story I, I house? Saw, yeah, I knew that you had, had gone there. How was it? It's in Cleveland, which, little known fact, uh, there is a small reference to that in the movie, because Ralphie says, I grew up on good old Cleveland Street. 
So they named it Cleveland Street because it was filmed in Cleveland. Very nice. Very uh, nice. But yeah, it's really cool. You can, uh, you know, all the exterior shots were filmed at this house, but the interior ones were done, you know, I like can in a studio that. somewhere. Yeah, that but, happens with a lot of shows. Yeah, but it was really cool, to, you know, all the scenes, like when the dogs are running in and they're out in the backyard, all Did that Did you was get there. to look in the mailbox for the uh, decoder pen? <laughs> of course. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. All right, so Christmas story number one. Good pick. Good my pick. number two pick. This This movie has had a lot of ups and downs for me as far as... When it first came out, I was obsessed with it. And then probably for 10 years, I was like, that movie was dumb. Like, I'm too old for this movie. And then at some point, as I got older, it came back around to where I am now obsessed with this movie. Oh, man. I'm going with Home Alone. Oh, another, another like a Christmas story where it has so many quotable lines. You know? So many quotable scenes, lines, characters, for Pete's sake. It's amazing. Yeah, you you got Marv and Harry. I mean, Joe Pesci is perfectly cast for that role. And like you said, just so many iconic scenes, iconic lines. I love it. And, and and actually, you know, as a kid, my favorite part was, you know, at the end when he booby traps the house. Oh, man. <laughs> that was great. Because what kid didn't want to do that? Oh, yeah. You, you you lay out your battle plan for the whole... But now as I got older, it's like that's actually my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah. And, and now it's just my favorite is all the stuff leading up to that. Yeah. And just all of his like interactions where he's acting grown up and you know he, he goes grocery shopping and, and all that. Like I'll, I love all that stuff now. Is this toothbrush approved by the American <laughs> Dental Association? Uh, Herb, I've got a question here about a toothbrush. <laughs> Do you know if this is approved? I mean, it is a great movie. And the build-up to it, even with the other family members, you barely get introduced to these family members. Let's be honest. I mean, you get very limited interaction with these other family members, the uncles, the cousins, the brother even. But before the first 10 minutes is up, you feel like you know that family. You do. So it really reels you in in the first 10 minutes. You feel like you know Buzz. You know. a total jerk. You do. Yeah, Buzz. You got Fuller. You know he likes to pee the bed. <laughs> you got Uncle Frank, who's yeah. the jerk uncle. Yeah, I mean, you feel like you know this family in the first 10 minutes, which is very hard to do with that big of a cast. What other movies can you say that about? It is rare, in my opinion. But Marvin Harrier at the Wet Bandits. for The Wet oh, Bandits. My fa- <laughs> I love the scene. When he comes back out in the van and he has that look on his face, and Joe Pesci looks at him and says, "What, what are you looking at like that? You you did it again, didn't you?" And he's just sitting there smiling like a kid at Christmas. He's like, "That's a sick thing to do. We're, we're the Wet Bandits. It's our calling." I love that scene for some reason because he's got that grin on his face that he just cannot contain because he left somebody's water running in the yep. basement. It is great, great movie. Yep. All right, so I've got Christmas Story, Home Alone. You've got Elf. And you got the next two picks. Where are you going? Well, Tyler, you didn't take my next two picks. Oh, okay. So I am in the clear right now. Uh, I could go back on back and forth, which is my number two or number three. But I'm moving this one up to number two because I can relate so much to it now. And you've probably noticed this to some degree at my house. Uh, and that is with the decorating. And possibly the over-decorating at some points during certain holidays. Um, Clark Griswold. Ah. It's so iconic to me because I used to make fun of it and think, who would go out of their way to put up all of this stuff? 
And now I have boxes of decorations that I can't even keep up with for Christmas, for Easter, 4th of July, Halloween, every single holiday that you could possibly think of. I've got special things for Valentine's Day. I put stuff out. I want to be the Clark Griswold of my neighborhood. <laughs> You're getting there. It cre- <laughs> Thank you very much. It created such an iconic character that I think we can all relate to, which is the dad that tries so hard to make everything work perfectly, and yep. it just doesn't. Yep. Right? And we're, we've all been there. Nothing works out exactly as you think it's supposed to, but Clark has this vision of the perfect event, and everything that he does just goes wrong. When Cousin Eddie shows up... I mean, Cousin Eddie, you talk about an all-time scene stealer. <laughs> he is a scene stealer. Could you could you spare a couple of bucks, Clark? <laughs> I mean, I absolutely love that. It's got so many memorable characters. And again, it has a, a large cast, but you feel like you know those people for some reason. You know those neighbors. You know those grandparents. You know those people. So, I don't know. I absolutely loved it. My favorite scene is when he's going shopping in the mall and he goes to the underwear section. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Russ is sitting over there. He's trying to find his dad, and he sees him. And Clark is sitting over there, sitting on the glass counter, pointing at the the lady's leg and just laughing. (laughs) You can't see the line, can you, Russ? No, can't see it at all, Dad. It's such a great line. It's a classic scene, but the Christmas lights alone are enough for me to put it at number two. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say something. This may be, this probably will be unpopular. I'm not a huge fan of Christmas Vacation. Oh my god! I, I know. I, I am in the. I will. I'm in the minority on this. I will freely grant you. Oh. I've just never been a big Chevy Chase guy, for whatever. Did reason. you like the first National Lampoon's Vacation? I mean, they're. I, I like them. They're fine. Did you like Dirty Work? Love Dirty Work. That's a great movie. Chevy Chase is in that. He plays a great character. Yeah, I mean he's he's fine. Ugh. But you know, to me, I I don't know. Uh, it's it's like I said, it's fine. It's fine. But it's it's not one of my favorites. But that, that I know that will get you a lot of votes when we post well, this it, online. It's, it's a great movie because I can relate so much to it now. Now with my third pick, Tyler, this one is simple. If I don't include it in my top three, I'm lying to myself. Okay. Now this is a Christmas movie, a very twisted Christmas movie. That if people are thinking this is a good, wholesome Christmas movie, they will probably never talk to me again if they watch it with me. <laughs> but this is a movie I remember watching with you for the first time, Tyler. I believe we were in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yep, I remember it. <laughs> and I remember this very easily because we put it on. Everybody else was asleep when we were watching this movie, Tyler. And we had to be quiet because everybody was sleeping. Yeah, they had to work the next day. Well, yeah. We put Bad Santa on. And Tyler, I've never rolled so damn hard during a movie. <laughs> I hadn't laughed that much into a pillow in my life to keep from waking people up. The movie is Bad Santa. It's Billy Bob Thornton. And every part of that movie is funny. There is nothing that I don't like about it. The kid's name in the movie is Herman Merman. <laughs> Thurman Merman. Yeah, there you go. Thurman Merman. And <laughs> the way the kid acts cracks me up the boxing scene where they're trying to teach him how to fight yes is classic where you they know, just keep hitting each other in the junk. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's i don't know if i've ever laughed as hard <laughs> at that scene that just gets me every i don't care how many times i see that scene it just 
gets me every time. Tyler, I, I remember looking over at you. I thought your eyeballs were going to bust <laughs> out of your head. I, I hadn't seen you like that in a long time, but I was rolling. So many iconic scenes in that movie, and it takes you from a guy that is absolutely the pits of the earth crummy guy, and by the end of it, turns that guy, who is the lowest level person on the planet, into a guy that you're rooting for. Mm-hmm. You tell me how that happens in the span of 90 minutes. That is hard to do. And, of course, there's the scene where he's in the changing room and, it, and the thing that he says to the lady <laughs> while they're in the changing room. That I just can't get out of my head because it's so funny. Yeah. That, we we that, can't say them on the That John show. Ritter has to later repeat. <laughs> yes. And John Ritter playing the uncomfortable <laughs> sales manager is just fantastic. But Thurman Merman is great. Yeah. And we just mentioned scene stealers. I mean, that kid... <laughs> That that kid was fantastic. Yeah, I love that kid. He is he was hilarious. <laughs> I don't even think he tried to be. No, he didn't. It didn't. But if you're looking at just the perfect person to play the drunk, white <laughs> trash. Oh yeah, like yeah, Billy Bob Thornton is it. He's the he's the beginning and the end of the list for that role. I don't think there were ever two movies back-to-back that was better for Billy Bob Thornton. We did Bad Santa and Bad, <laughs> Bad News Bears. Bears. It was the same character. <laughs> it, was. it was the same character just in the springtime. And he, <laughs> he did not have to act one bit. That was just him being himself. Yeah. And I love it. I, I think you're right. The directors were like, eh, just keep the camera rolling. This is not even in the script. But, you know, the kid with the sandwiches and just... What, how much yeah. lettuce would you like on the sandwiches? I don't know, just, just a regular normal, amount. Normal amount. <laughs> well, what's you in the what's with you in the sandwich? <laughs> so many good parts. And they got the, the purple elephant or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved it, man. Or, or the uh, the pickle, the wooden pickle. Yes, he carved a wooden pickle. <laughs> so I don't know, just so many good parts, and like I said, by the end of it, you're rooting for him. So yeah, that, that's an impressive movie. And little known fact, Tyler, I don't start wrapping my gifts until I put Bad Santa on. That's the movie that I wrap gifts to every year. Okay. I was going to say, that's probably, hopefully it's not the movie that you unwrap the presents with the family. That would, that would be not good. You'd have good. some demented kids. But yes. <laughs> so that's my list. Just to recap my list, Elf, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and Bad Santa. Okay. How many picks are, are we doing? Three or four? How many are we doing? I, are we, we usually, three's a magic number, Tyler. Okay, so I only got one more pick. Oh my Yeah, three's goodness. a magic number. Oh my god! I, I was hoping I had two more. Okay, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Well, now guys. this is hard because I've I had two that I was ready to pick, but now I've got to drop one of them. Ugh. Now this is this is what makes it interesting because when you cut it back to three, you're really getting the cream of the crop. Yeah, there's no fluff in this list. Plus, if we put our top three and we can fit it in a tweet, if we do five. <laughs> it's too long. It gets a little lengthy. It gets a little lengthy. You only get 140 characters. Yeah. So three's three's good. All right. Work. Uh. Okay, so we had the discussion earlier about what is a Christmas movie. And I bring that up because this movie that I'm going to take with my third pick is the ultimate debate over is this a Christmas movie or not. It gets brought up every year because it's a movie that takes place at Christmas time but really doesn't have a whole lot of else. I mean, there are a few... Ho 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 references, but not no, there's not much, and I'm talking about the greatest action movie ever in the history of time. Bruce Willis, Die Hard. 
I watch it every Christmas because because it has become a movie that is on with Elf and Christmas Story. The, these networks they they throw in Die Hard, and I and I am now it, it, it's not Christmas if I haven't watched Die Hard. Really? If I haven't watched John McClane whip up on on some foreign terrorists. <laughs> You got to get those terrorists, Tyler. Now I know you—you you have never seen Die Hard. No, is so that, I can't is com- that correct. I, I can't comment on if it's a Christmas movie or not. So I can't tell you one way. Can or another. you please watch it? But this Christmas, can you please squeeze Die Hard in between your bad Santa Christmas wrapping? Let me ask you this: as and far your as Christmas action story movies, unwrapping, in terms of action movies, is it better than Con Air? Dude, li- listen. <laughs> every that's how I gauge action movies. Every action movie for the last thirty years. Is because of Die Hard. It it's it cre- a bold it, cre- it created the mold for action movies. Really, the, there is no Nicolas Cage and Con Air if there is no Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Wow, Tyler. So there's no bad Southern accent in Con Air if there's no <laughs> Die Hard. But l- listen, you also have maybe the greatest movie line in cinema history that came from Die. <laughs> Whoa! Hard. Whoa! Calm down, Tyler. Yeah, we we did our comedy. Movie quotes a few weeks ago. Yeah. But if we're just doing overall movie quotes, is there any better line than yippee ki mother brother? Mother brother? <laughs> Sounds like you've watched the edited version on USA yeah, a few Yeah, that, times. that's what they say on the edited version. But, I mean, that that's an iconic line. Yippee-ki-yay, mf'er. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting, Tyler. Like I said, I've never watched the movie. It looks interesting. The box itself, when I used to go to Blockbuster Video... Looked amazing on the front. I was like, well, this looks like it could be very cool. I just never watched it for whatever reason. I'm not much of an action movie guy. I either like to be scared with a horror movie or I like to laugh. Well, listen, it's 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 great. You know, you got Bruce Willis, uh, who is he, he goes at, at Christmas time okay. and he's at this Christmas party. So there are a few okay. Cri- okay. It's, a, it's a Christmas party for his. Uh, estranged wife who he's okay. trying to kind of get back together and fix things with okay. and he he is kind of up in the office when these terrorists come in and what what makes it great he is barefoot for the entire movie really so he's not only killing terrorists he's doing it with no shoes on and then the, the, one of the you know what also makes the christmas movie is you know he takes out the bad guys one at a time and then he sends one of the bad guys back down the elevator after he's killed them, and he writes on the uh, on their shirts like, "Now I have a machine. Now I have their machine gun. Ho ho ho." <laughs> okay, I, I'm so there are some that references. as a Christmas movie because that is kind of a background part of the entire movie, right? I mean, it's referenced enough. I think that's yeah. good. I think it's referenced enough to be considered a Christmas movie. Now, it is a it is a Christmas centric movie. No, no. But it plays a role in the background of the movie, and it meets my definition of a Christmas movie, and that I watch it at Christmas time. So now, to me, it is a Christmas. All movie. All right, Ty. So re- review your list. Okay, so I have Christmas Story, Home Alone, and Die Hard. <laughs> what a departure! Which which is a very diverse range of picks. It is, and just to recap mine again: Elf, National Lampoons, and Bad Santa. Again, pretty diverse, interesting. You know, different time periods when those movies came out. Uh, any honorable mentions you just want to throw out real quick, Tyler, on your list? Uh, I've got a couple. Yeah, so I, like I said, I was down to two with Die Hard. My other one, Gremlins. Oh, didn't even think about that one. Gremlins. I did not even think about I that. I mean, you 
you talk about iconic. I mean, the uh, you know, you, you get references to gremlins in movies still, like even in The Hangover. Yeah, when uh, when he was like Jesus, he's like a gremlin. gremlin. He comes with instructions <laughs> and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Now I had a couple with mine, Tyler. I had the Charlie Brown uh, Christmas, ah. which I used to love when I was a kid, and also the Nightmare Before Christmas, the uh, Tim Burton. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, so so does is that a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? It's a Halloween. It's it's a Christmas movie. The whole theme of it is that there's these people that live in kind of Halloween land, and then they find out about this Christmas stuff, and they don't understand it. Yeah. And then the central character comes to love Hall- uh, Christmas. So it's really interesting. These okay. It's have you ever watched it? I have watched. Not since I was little though. It but, does have one of the great song like the, the this is halloween the song. soundtrack i love that song is amazing the first time i watched it when i was younger i didn't like it but now i love it it's got a great soundtrack really enjoy it so those were two that i had left over in case you stole you know some of mine but we're gonna put this up on twitter i think the people just need to vote first of all we need to vote if die hard is a christmas movie because I've, I've never seen it i'm gonna need you to watch it so you can weigh in well, okay. If I watch that, I'm gonna have to give you something to watch too. So let me let me think about that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll okay. text you. This That's is a, fair. This was a fun show, Tyler. These are the kind of shows that I enjoy. We got to vent about Kentucky basketball, get our frustrations out, right? Vent to the fans. Hopefully, some of the fans feel like we do. And if you don't, uh, we really don't care. We just want you to know how we feel and give you a different perspective at the end of the day, and just hope that you respect that. So let us know. Uh, the best place to follow us, I would say, is on Twitter. Because uh, we're pretty active on Twitter. We put out a lot of stuff during the football and basketball season. Just randomly about the games. We'll talk about the games uh, before and after as well. So follow us on there on Twitter at LexBuds, at LexBuds on the Instagrams, Facebook, LexBuds and Pick and Roll. Download us wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. It helps us move up the rankings on the podcast charts. And anywhere on your internet-connected device you want to type in the word LexBuds, you'll probably find us again because we're the only two people smart enough to come up with the name <laughs> LexBuds. That's right, uh, and we we are here every week. We will be back next week to talk about the Ohio State game. Please let us win. Hopefully we get a better result, but win or lose, we will be here to break it down with you on episode 78 next week. I can't wait to hear what you have to say for episode 78, Tyler, because you always bring good information, and uh, look forward to seeing everyone on the next episode. Stay classy, Kentucky. Kentucky.